Welcome. This is To The Root with Basiglia, the podcast that explores holistic living, gardening tips, and plant care brought to you by Pasiglia, a premier plant nursery. Your host, Julie Strotman, is a horticulturist with over 40 years of experience in the industry, and she shares practical tips, inspiring ideas, and expert advice to help you create a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Whether you're an experienced gardener or just starting your plant journey, To The Root with Pasiglia provides the tools you need to transform your living space into a green sanctuary. And now, your host, Julie Strotman. Hello, everybody. Once again, hey, we're here doing podcast and love it because today we're going to answer some of your questions. Keep in mind that you can always send questions in to to the root at pasiglia.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Love the questions. We are hammered with them day after day. Love to answer these questions. I have Bo with me right here, and we're going to go through a few that have been sent in to us today. I, I, I love this communication. It, it really makes it a two-way. Instead of doing a live radio show where people call in, yes, um, you know you can you can listen at your convenience, like we're going to do here, and and really just hit all kinds of topics. And uh, I think your plan is to really do this answering the questions. Like every once in a while, we're going to do just a whole show just like this one. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, so send in your questions. We're going to try and get to the root of the matter so the email address is to the root at pasiglia.com that's Correct. the email address okay yes. yeah uh and you don't have to put your name on it nope. uh if you don't want to nope. but uh we'll do some anonymous questions today um <laughs> how to water the plants that they bought mm-hmm. how do you do that well one make sure you listen to the podcast a previous podcast that we did on watering go to that one first the other one is Depending on the plants that you bought, so uh, I'm not, I don't know what you bought, but when you first plant them, you saturate the area, saturate the root ball the first day. The second day, check it, see how dry it has uh, become before you put it in the ground. No, no, oh, no. this is once you plant. It. Okay, because once uh, you plant, isn't there a submersion technique as well on some like small trees? Maybe our providers. There is, but you know what. Don't use that very often. Oh, well, you I'm know? glad I brought this up. Yeah, because what it does is it pulls the soil away from the roots and it makes them heavy so that when you take it out and move it, it pulls it away and you break more root off than, oh than you keep. So, <laughs> Note to self. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things when you do a submergent thing, matter of fact, this morning when I left the house, I had taken a flat of... Um, of snapdragons home okay. and i hadn't had a chance to plant them yet they're very very root bound well i put them in a tray that holds about an inch of water that's a submergent technique submergent technique okay so i lay that tray in the or the flat in this tray of water so it holds that inch until i get home tonight and then i can plant them because i know as hot as it is today they would dry out to pass the point of wilt, and I'd lose some bloom tips on okay, them. Okay, okay. So, so that, yes, that works great. But once you have them planted, now once they're in the ground, you sub, you saturate that area very well. You know, depending on the size of the plant, that'll tell you how long you'll have to do it. You right. know, a tree, it may take 20 minutes. You know, shrub, it may take three minutes. Perennial, it may take a minute and a half. 
whatever it takes. It depends on your soil, depends on the plant, the size of the plant. And is it noted on the tags? Like when you buy here at Basiglia, uh, how, how much can you go with that if you have a tag on the plant? It, yes, some tags will give you watering instructions, but the thing is you got to realize those tags are made from the person that bought it in Georgia, the person that bought it in Nebraska, the person that bought it in California. All different. All different. Okay. So that goes back to the other podcast about watering your five elements, four elements of growth. Okay. You can grow anything as long as you have the water, the temperature, the soil, and the sun. And there is a lot of great information on that podcast you mentioned mm -hmm. about. We did the whole thing, half hour, just on yeah. watering. We yeah. could have went longer, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, but uh, uh, some say, and I think you've referenced on that podcast, that between 7 a.m. or 10 uh, to 10 a.m. is the best time to water. Yeah, yeah. And, or even earlier. Okay, you know, like when four you, when you're yeah, up. Yeah, four <laughs> when I'm up, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, also... It's not over just with that one watering because then you want to check it the next day yeah. about the same time you watered it, you know, the first day. So you know how fast the soil's draining, how fast it's drying out. If it needs water, water it. If it doesn't, hold it for another day, water it. Water it because it's brand new. The root ball is going to dry out. So you do this every other day or every third day the first week and then the second week back off third week back off a little more okay and again refer to the watering podcast of to the root uh, mm -hmm. that's already out there okay another question how much sun does this and that need i mean if they're if they're perenn annuals or perennials um how much sun do they need this is another one hard to get people to understand because there's on the tags it'll say full sun yep. part sun yep. part shade shade Okay, so if it says sun to part sun, what it means is that plant can take more than six hours of direct sun and actually likes it. Okay. Okay, part sun to sun means the plant does thrives well in four to six hours of direct sun or all day. It's kind of like a slide rule. And part shade to shade means that plant can take four hours of sun, right. preferably the cool day sun, like the morning, and then shade the rest of the day, or all day filtered shade. So it really is about paying attention to your environment, to your space. Absolutely. And the sun. Yes. And working with it. Yes. Okay. Um, well, uh, there's another question about, uh, will deer my, eat my annuals and perennials? And again, we have a full podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> and it's really good. You, you had a yeah. lot of great information that we got out there. Uh, but in, in short, annuals and perennials, are they targets for deer? Absolutely. I mean, anything is. You know, if a deer is hungry enough, it's going to check it out. And deer are or deer stay within their territory so you plant something new they're going to go check it out they could ruin it the first night they check it out so okay. protect it yes uh there are a lot of uh deer resistant plants to plant instead of you know some that are more favorable so choosing the right plant, and we can definitely help you with that. Available at Pasiglia. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, a, a personal note, um, uh, we plan, I, I actually surprised my wife with a, uh, a hollowed-out uh, log and put, uh, you know, good miracle Grow dirt in it, and mm -hmm. I found some wild uh, uh, daisies, Oh, and I put them in there. Mm-hmm. 
they they were beautiful for four days, and then all of a sudden they were just dug up by whatever uh, groundhog or something. You groundhog, squirrel, raccoon <laughs> could be anything. You lifted them; those roots are nourishment for those ground burrowing animals. Well, I tried to be romantic. Well, that's worked, what I was after. It worked for one evening. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, how do I trim my perennials is another question. Uh, what do you say to how do you trim your perennials? Okay, well, one is I'd like to know which perennials we're talking about. Okay, they're specific. You know, so, okay. Yeah, so there's few that you can only deadhead, and then you've got to wait till the foliage to go, kind of go down on its own, like uh, irises and peonies. They bloom once. They only bloom one time a year. So you deadhead them, leave the foliage up as long as you can for the rest of the season. And again, deadheading is? Deadheading is clipping the old blooms off. Oh, okay. And bloom okay. stem. Gotcha. You know, so, and then there's others like Agastache, you know, the anise hyssop, um, things like that. We're in uh, the cat mint, which we'd talked about once before. Uh, you can shear them, you know, to reflush new bloom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just take the top third of it off, wait for two weeks, and it starts putting bloom back out wow. again. Okay. So. All right. Another question comes in. Uh, what are some dwarf flowering trees that don't get above six feet tall? Hmm. That's a good question. That is a good question because there's a few, but you have to trim them to keep them that way. Right. What I tell people is most of your tags will tell you a mature size. And what a mature size mean is a plant's maturity is 10 to 20 years. So say the tree says it'll get to six foot tall. Well, it'll get to six foot tall in 10 years. But if it stops growing at six foot, it's dead. Oh. So oh. everything keeps growing. I mean, even me. I don't get any taller, but now I get wider. <laughs> <you know>? so, <laughs> so, yeah. So some of the dwarf trees that do real well, there's a lot of dwarf uh, dogwood, right? You know, like the wolf eye dogwood. There's a lot of uh, kusa dogwoods. You know, wolf eye is really pretty. I was noticing it this morning out in the nursery. You know, green and white foliage for the shade, and uh, it was gorgeous. And it only gets about six to eight foot tall, right? In ten to fifteen years, and then after that, you get slower height growth, but your width growth gets fast. Just like humans. Just like humans. Possible. You get that spread. You know, I, I'll tell you, I, I actually, uh, we wanted a privacy fence, but we wanted it natural. So we planted, I've mentioned it to you several times, the giant uh, our providers, right? Yes. We planted them at six foot. They're now over 20 foot. Yes. But I've seen them now in pictures and landscaping where they're like straight as a fence but you had to trim them as you went, right? Yes. Because yes. I look at it, I'm like, ooh, what if I did that? It would look bald and... Oh, yeah, right now it would because if you trimmed them now, you would have bare branches all the way back to the trunk and you wouldn't have anything My wife would out. kill me if but I did that. But let me that. give you... Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> let me give you a couple more examples of dwarf trees to answer that person's question. Yes. One, there's a dwarf lilac tree, mm -hmm. which is great, and then the dwarf hydrangea tree. Are they available here? Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. What is the best fertilizer to use? Now, that's a general question, um, and it's on the same email as the dwarf flowering trees. Maybe that's a connected question. Does it make a difference? Or It does kind of make a difference on what you're planting uh, and what you want to promote. 
So if you wanted just a generalized fertilizer, you can do a garden fertilizer. And it's usually something pretty common, like your analysis would be 12, 12, 12. Right. Yep. Okay. Something like that. That generally gets nourishment throughout no matter what you've planted. Okay. So that's always good. If you want to promote blooms, like in flower gardens, go with something that has a higher phosphate uh, number, something like. 10 2010 do all plants need fertilizer uh all plants need food okay so that doesn't necessarily mean they need added fertilizer but remember you've taken them out of an environment they don't normally grow in so at a certain time they're going to deplete the nutrients you have in the soil there. Gotcha. So, yes, added fertilizer does wonders. Okay. Uh, We have another uh, emailed question. Uh, Again, it is uh, the email address is to the root at Pasiglia.com. So send in your questions uh, so Julie can answer them because I can just uh, feed them to her because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, what plants are low maintenance? You know, lo- that's really my thing. I want everything to be low maintenance, yeah. including myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but what are what plants are good, low maintenance, beautiful landscape plants? Oh, there's a lot of them. Uh, and low maintenance is the key because there is not a plant that is no maintenance. Right. Unless like you me. want to, and le- <laughs> I am getting some uh, faux boxwood in. It's coming in real shortly. That's almost no maintenance. It still has maintenance. You just have to dust them. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, oh, you're serious. Plastic. Plastic. Pasiglia is, is selling faux plants? Uh, That's yeah. genius for my wife. I'm sorry, for myself. That's what I meant. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But they're really good quality, I'm sure. But they're good quality. Uh, people have been waiting on them. We get them from time to time, and uh, they are coming in. So, But that is uh, your maintenance-free ones. Now, low-maintenance, some great ones are going to be... Let's say we'll go to the evergreens, like evergreen shrubs. We got the globosa spruce, which is the dwarf globe spruce, yeah. like a blue spruce in a round ball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very easy. Don't they call it topiary? Mm, is that, that right? one? That one is not. not now, that, okay. if, it, if you put it on a stick, you know, growing... <laughs> okay. Then it's topiary. Okay, okay. Yeah, or you trim it into a form it's not natural. Then you've got topiary or And that's not what this form. is. That's not okay. what this is. This is the natural form. And then you've got uh dwarf uh globe arbovitae. That's another one. Barberry. The real dwarf ones are more maintenance free than your regular size. That's another one. Spirea is very easy. You know, I mean there I can go on and on and on. Okay, another question for you, Julie. How do I prune my hydrangeas? Oh, this is one of my most asked questions. Well, there we go. One of the most right here. Because one, what kind of hydrangea do you have? And when should you uh, cut them as well? Okay. So there, I need to know which kind you have. Okay. One, is it the sun-loving hydrangeas, the paniculatas? what they call hydrangea paniculata limelight okay okay then you have the macrophilias so there's hydrangea macrophilia endless summer so okay those are ones that everybody almost knows those names macrophilias they bloom on old wood okay so that means that when you trim them in the fall you trimmed off all the old wood so now next spring you get no bloom oh okay okay so if they freeze down to the ground 
and come up from the ground that winter, that means they're not wood hardy, Uh-oh. then that you won't get any spring bloom. Okay. Now, a lot of your new macrophilia hydrangeas bloom on old and new wood. So if you lose your spring bloom or your late spring, early summer bloom, then new growth comes from the new stem. So the new stem comes up from the ground. Mm-hmm. Another stem comes off of that. Now you get your bloom, but it's later in the year. So it blooms on old and new wood. Okay. Okay. So you really need to know which kind you I have. I need to know which kind you have. And the, uh, the paniculatas are wood hardy to our zone, which means they still bloom on from old wood, but you can trim them any time of year and it'll still create a bloom. So gotcha. those those are great like that. Are and, there only two kinds of hydrangeas? Oh or? no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, call Julie. Her <laughs> number Annabelle, is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you Annabelle hydrangeas. You no, you just it. have to know. Yeah, you just okay. have to know what it is. Okay. You know, it's yeah. All right. Um, how often do you do your garden talks? Mm-hmm. That would be uh, another question we have come in. Okay, we do the garden talks right now. We're doing um, the last Sunday of every month. Okay. Now, we do throw a few in occasionally throughout the month, and uh, we're also combining some for during the week. Oh, that's yeah. nice and so, convenient. So, you know, keep, really keep watch on that on our website and social media. We'll keep the schedule out there. The rescheduled bee talk... Which, uh, you know, we had it scheduled in the uh, late spring, and then we had to cancel and reschedule, so we did it uh, in the middle of the week. Oh, okay. Okay, that works out good. Um, All right, we have two more questions. Um, uh, uh, You know what? I'll go with the one that was emailed in. Can I bring my tropicals in during the winter? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. My question now. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more to elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, I have a lot. What kind of tropicals? You know, where do you put them? Uh, How much sun? Email us back, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so many things. I keep 17 citrus trees in my basement every winter. Oh, wow. And been doing it for almost seven years now. Do they continue to grow? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I was picking limes last night. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, okay. Are and they, they st- were out, they're outside now on the patio. In the right. winter, I put them in my basement. I have grow lights on them, but I have 17 citrus trees. Do they produce even in the winter? Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Well, the the fruit continues on in the winter and then they'll rebloom and set new and, you know, so. Oh, I lived in Florida years ago and mm. we had a pond can tree. Oh. And it was an orange and it was only like the tall of a short tree. Yeah. More like a bush. And the oranges, the skin of the oranges were loose on the fruit itself. Like you could almost rattle the oh, orange. Oh, wow. And they were so Oh, um, and I, I actually I'm going to suggest right here live in, in real time that we do need to do a tr- a, a fruit tree podcast yes. okay. and a gardening tree, a, a gardening podcast as well, because there's a lot of questions about. Oh, that too. yeah, 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 yeah. OK, uh, so we have that. We have that. I, I, did I do? Yeah, I did. The I want that yeah. orange tree. Oh, oh, it's, find so that. Cool. it's so yeah. cool. I'm doing a pomegranate new this year. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I haven't I haven't grown a pomegranate, you know, so I'm going to grow a pomegranate and see how. How I can produce some pomegranate. Outstanding. Well, so. <laughs> there is our first ever uh, frequently asked yeah. questions or you know questions from you. Again, keep them coming in. Uh, you can email to the root at pasiglia.com and it'll get right to Julie and you may hear your question asked right here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Come in anytime at the nursery. Give us a call. Send us an email. 
We'll answer your questions, get them back to you. We we love to teach. And we the wonderful thing about this podcast is it could be heard in Timbuktu, so they may never make it into the store. That's but right. if you're nearby, come on by. But their mother might. Or that. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> thank you, Bo. We hope you enjoyed exploring the wonderful, vast world of gardening, plant care, and holistic living with us. You can find us on our website, Pasiglia.com or search for Pasiglia Landscape, Nursery, and Garden Center on social media. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends to stay up to date on our episodes of To The Root with Pasiglia. The email address to submit your questions or comments is tothe-root at pasiglia.com. Until next time, keep exploring the roots of gardening and live in harmony with nature. Thank you for listening.